you know you want to avoid the uh, two flowers on the nipple issue oh, I've, i mean i've done it or if you wanted to like actually set it up like that exactly. yeah Welcome to the Asian Sewist Collective podcast. The Asian Sewist Collective is a group of Asian people from around the world brought together by our shared appreciation for fiber and textile arts and our desire to see more Asian representation in the sewing community. In this podcast, we explore the intersection of our identities and our shared sewing practice as we create a space for Asian sewists and our allies. I'm your co-host Ada Chen and I'm recording from Denver, Colorado. Denver is a traditional territory of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. I'm a Taiwanese-American marketer turned entrepreneur, and these days you'll find me running my all-natural skincare business called Chuan's Promise, that's C-H-U-A-N apostrophe S, Promise, in sharing my marketing tips on my blog. Most importantly for this podcast, you can find my sewing at i.hope.sew on Instagram. And I'm your co-host, Nicole. I'm based outside of Chicago, the original homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Ojibwe, the Potawatomi, and the Odawa people. I'm a Philippine-American woman a lawyer by day, and a sewing enthusiast the rest of the time. You can find me on Instagram at Nicole Angeline Sews. Before we dive into this week's episode, Nicole, can you tell us about your current sewing project? Yes, and I'm hoping to get your advice on what I'm working on too. So my husband wants a short-sleeved button-down shirt. And I have a cotton that we got in Hawaii on a past vacation, and he would like the only, he never asked me to make him anything. So he's like, I would love this in a short sleeve shirt. Okay, we're leaving in a few days, but I think I can do it. Um, my question for you is, can I just take a straight cut button down shirt that has long sleeves, make the bodice and just make the sleeve short? If I think it depends on the sleeves. Like if it's tapered, then you're going to probably have to do some sort of grading so the dimensions aren't super off Mm -hmm. um but mostly on a is it a men's pattern it is yeah i think you should be okay i'm not entirely sure because i think it really just depends on the sleeve and you just need to make sure the sleeve head fits that sounds right because the shirt that he wants the collar is a more traditional collar but it's a long sleeve it's the shirt that i made him for christmas last year which is like why i just want to do that because I've only got a couple days. I'm like, well, I've done this before. Great. But but it's a long sleeve. And I do have a men's simplicity pattern that I got ages ago that's like a more like a camp shirt that has mm. the folded down collar, um, like almost like a bowling shirt kind of. But it is short sleeve. So now I'm wondering maybe I can swap out the sleeves. I guess you could measure the sleeve head of both of the patterns and see if they are the same and they line up. But also, if he still has that shirt that you already made, why don't you just pull that shirt out and like, (laughs) not roll it up, but like kind of imagine if you chopped off half the sleeve. (laughs) Or cut the sleeve. (laughs) just Or cut the sleeve. I don't know how attached he is to this shirt. (laughs) He is very attached to it, actually. So, okay. (laughs) I think it's doable. So the fabric is 100% cotton, um, just your basic, not quite quilting cotton. I think, I don't know, you might call it a poplin. And it has a blue, different shades of blue that are like wavy lines. And then every once in a while, there's a tiny person on a surfboard (laughs) and it tickled him. So I was like, okay, babe, I'll make you something. I could have done started this much longer ago, but you know, we're only taking off in three days. Oh, I should put in one of our new labels. Yes. This was a panic. So perfect. 
done. I could also put the made with fabric gotten from travel. I forgot how it goes. Yeah. Purchased while traveling. traveling. There you go. So you could have two labels. That could be cute. We shall see. Buy our labels, y'all. They're really cute. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, So that's what I'm working on. That's what I'll be working on over the next couple of days. Uh, What about you, Ada? What are you working on? Um, It's kind of really unsexy, so, but I'm very, I feel very accomplished. (laughs) Okay. So I ordered some more machinery for work and this machinery that I ordered, the original one that I ordered, I ordered one to start with to figure out if I liked it or not and if it did what I needed it to do because it was kind of a hack and it did. And when I originally ordered it, there was an option to buy a neoprene sleeve with it because there's a heating element, keep it warm while it's going just to like reduce the energy consumption and make it a little bit of like a smoother process to use. So originally it was like 20 bucks for the jacket. So I was like, okay, I will buy this one and then see how it works. And I got a reminder email a few weeks ago from FabScrap, which is this nonprofit based out of New York and Philadelphia that does a lot of uh, textile recycling and gets textiles from designers who are no longer using them. So dead stock and they sell them online. And last year, I purchased during, I think it was their Black Friday sale. And so then I got a code for this year to use. And they sent us a reminder being like, you haven't used your code yet. So I go on the website and lo and behold, they were selling neoprene, which is the same thing that my sleeve was made out of. So I think you can guess where this is going. I was like, Mm -hmm. ooh, my brand color is green and they have a green one. It's like Tencelor Modal on the outside, blended, I think, um, or one or the other. And then like, it's a thinner one. So I ordered three yards because they only sell in full yard increments and it arrived. And I basically <laughs> unvelcroed the current sleeve and then just plastered it onto and velcroed it <laughs> to the neoprene I got. And I didn't even trace it. I just cut it out and followed the guide. And it's a bias bound finish on the original one with Velcro. Instead of doing that, I was like, well, um, I ended up, it's actually the original is made from one thick neoprene, but the one, the neoprene I got is about half that thickness. So I just doubled it up mm-hmm. and I just doubled it up, cut it out on the fold. So I didn't have to sew the fold together. And then instead of sewing it, I just surged the cut edges together. Oh, and I could not, I swear I have Velcro somewhere in my sewing space. I just can't find the remnant I had. So on the first one, I sewed on some snaps just to see if the quote unquote fit on the machine worked. And it did. It held up yesterday, I think for ease and to save myself like, you know, another hour of hand sewing, I'm going to find some Velcro and finish the rest of them with Velcro. And so I'm very proud of figuring it out because it is quite a perfect and cute fit. And the green is so much cuter than the black. And it's also a business expense. It is a business expense. (laughs) I mean, this this new green was like quite cheap. Um, so <laughs> it does feel like a very useful use of my sewing skills. There you go. Sounds useful to me. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Asian Sewers Collective podcast. If you like our show, please consider supporting us on Coffee by becoming a one-time or monthly supporter or new this season, buying our stickers and our very funny sewing labels. Your financial support helps us with overhead expenses and will allow us to give back to our all-volunteer team who work super hard to provide you with new content each week. The link to our coffee page is ko-fi.com slash Asian Sewist Collective and you can find the link in our show notes on our website and on our Instagram account. Check us out on Instagram at Asian Sewist Collective. That's one word, Asian Sewist Collective. 
And you can help us out by spreading the word and telling your friends. We would also appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So today we are going to be talking about projector sewing, and we can't exactly pinpoint when sewists started using projectors for sewing, but our researcher Serena found sources between 2005 and 2015, which makes sense because it's also when PDF patterns started becoming popular. And we talked with Gauri from at Bipari. We did an interview with her because she's experienced in projector sewing, but we just wanted to go over some stuff beforehand and you will love the interview when we get to it. So let's talk about some pros and cons. Pros, no printing, no taping, saving time and money, which sounds really good, you know. It's faster than waiting for a paper pattern to arrive from a pattern company or a print shop if you're printing out, you know, AO sized things. No more patterns to store. And, you know, I was saying that if I gathered all of my patterns that are printed or even paper patterns and put them in a pile, I bet that would take up (laughs) a lot of space that I could (laughs) reclaim with a projector sewing. You can still trace a pattern onto paper if you're not sure, you know, and and you don't want to cut straight into the fabric, but you can also just cut straight into the fabric without doing that as well. And darts, it's really easy to put markings directly on the fabric. I struggle with remembering like what the best way to do it is uh, when I'm sewing regularly. Like, do I use a tracing wheel? Do I mark it out? So with the projector, you just project and, and do it, do it. And some of the benefits of projectors used for cutting are the same benefits of PDF patterns. So you have a large variety of designs. You are, of course, supporting small and independent designers. Uh, there's global access. Errata and updates get sent to you directly. And, uh, you know, all of those are just emailed straight to you. That sounds lovely. On the other side, there's cons. So first of all, that's there's the projector price, right? You have to buy a piece of additional equipment and we'll get into price a little bit later. Then there's also the maintenance. So dust, electricity, the bulb life on the projector, mounting it on either a ceiling or a wall or figuring out if you can get one that sits on your table. Um, You do have to, like with your sewing machine, protect a projector um, from dust between your cutting sessions. And you're probably going to have to clean and change the filter and bulb as recommended in your user manual. You also kind of have to think about where you're going to be using it. I mentioned you can put a projector on a table, but if that means you're going to be putting it away and storing it after each time you use it, you have to recalibrate it every time. Regardless, you also need to make sure there's space around the projector for airflow so that nothing's covering the vents. And bulbs from projectors will also emit some excess heat compared to watching a movie, you know, for an hour and a half, two hours straight. I don't think you're going to be cutting for two hours straight, but um, the uses are, are short. And something important to consider is that because a projector requires light and dark, you might have to cut when at night or in low light, depending on how bright your projector is and where you're getting the image to show. Like, are you by a window? Do you need to pull the blinds down? You also might not be able to use it on very textured fabric because the fabric, let's say a rougher boucle or a brocade, something, you know, think about like in your hand, the hand feel is chunkier. That might actually produce a shadow and that could interrupt your cutting. Um, Skilled sewists know that you probably want to get an accurate cut on any fabric like that. Otherwise it will show in the pattern. And some disadvantages in cutting 
with a projector are very similar to using a PDF pattern, like the traditional printing and, and taping and cutting it out way. Sometimes, I don't know about you, Nicole, but I get a little caught up in the hype or instant gratification or pattern sale. And I, I'm very susceptible to impulse purchases. Yes. <laughs> Just yes. <laughs> and with projector sewing, yes, you save on paper and glue and printing, but how cheap is it really to choose projector sewing? And I guess it depends on how much cheaper your projector is. If the projector pattern is $2 cheaper than a printed pattern and your projector is $200, you start saving after buying 100 patterns. So for some of us, that sounds like a lot. For others of us, I could easily buy 100 patterns <laughs> that I want, I'm sure. So your break-even point depends on how many patterns you buy and at what rate. Some additional costs to be noted are, again, those replacement bulbs, the cost of the mounting, so both the actual physical structure as well as any labor that might be incurred when you are seeking to mount that. So I don't know how to mount things. I could probably figure it out. But perhaps this is one of those times where I would uh, you know, engage a professional for that. And you, you do need a projector with a remote control if it's mounted out of reach. So if you are curious about projector sewing, which we are definitely after prepping for this episode and talking to Gowry, uh, where do you start? So there is a Facebook group called Projectors for Sewing. They are 57,000 members strong and they have about 600 posts a month. So they're pretty active and they have a lot of comprehensive resources, including how to choose a projector how to get set up, and advice for designers who want to make their files sewist-friendly. There's also videos for newbies and a visual quick start guide. And in their Projectors Absolute Basics uh, file, they indicate that you should probably first know the size of your desired cutting area, so like your table or your self-healing cutting mat, and the height of the cutting surface, so the difference between where the projector is going to be and where you are actually cutting whether that's a table or the floor, before you actually choose which projector you're going to be getting. With regard to the projector itself, you will need to think about some basic requirements. So the throw ratio or the distance between your lens and where the image is projected is something you have to think about. You want to create an image big enough in relation to the distance from your mat to your projector. So if you don't have enough space between your projector and where you're planning on cutting, you might not be able to get the right picture scaled to cut on your fabric. You also have to consider native resolution. So native 720p projectors, with a few known exceptions, are needed to avoid aspect ratio distortions. So 1080p, so a higher resolution projector, they're not recommended because the image will be smaller with those projectors or may have higher resolution than your computer has, which would lead to distorting the image. So you will need at minimum a laptop or a computer, an HDMI cable, a projector, and a sturdy setup with a firm and flat projection surface and a fixed location for that projector. It can be a bit overwhelming at first, and there are a lot of different configurations that can be successful. So keep in mind that you might encounter technical challenges, but if you are a good troubleshooter and have good tech skills, you might enjoy this challenge. I find it very similar to getting a 3D printer and having to constantly calibrate and figure that one out. Um, but back to projectors, when you are setting it up, it's the calibration, the brightness of your room, the install and setup that are the hardest learning curve in getting set up. But 
There is a very handy calibration tool that you can find in the resources of the Projectors for Sewing group that we will also link to in our show notes to help with that. Here's where it might get a little complex or like variables that could introduce complexity into your setup. If you use a phone or tablet, these work for projecting, but you kind of have to use your fingers to zoom for each pattern. So that might not be as accurate or consistent. And so a computer might be more convenient for calibration to edit and stitch pattern files together. Then, you know, there's some projectors that are ahead of the times or like maybe they're like current wireless connections. Uh, Those can add a layer of troubleshooting versus plugging in an HDMI cable to your laptop. Some wireless connections, though, can mess with your projection size. So you always want to double check before cutting. I mean, you double check before cutting in any type of sewing, I would hope, but especially here. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sometimes I double check. You're just going for it. What are these like pants for ants? You're just going to like cut tiny, tiny pants? Measure once, cut once. That's the (laughs) saying, right? (laughs) I guess so. Other things that can introduce complexity are if you want to move or put away that projector, it requires recalibration each time that it's moved unless you can ensure identical placement and angles. So for example, if you're placing it on a table all the time, maybe marking the spot with tape or a mark somehow, like, I don't know, Sharpie. Cordless and battery projectors are another option, but if the projector moves when you change the batteries or plug it in, that will require you to recalibrate it. And unstable projector mounts and projection surfaces that aren't flat can also mess with calibration without a reliable and sturdy physical setup. It really, listening to this and listening to myself rattle through these, it really does sound like my 3D printer all over again. I thought it was going to be so easy, set it and forget it. And here I am every time I want to print a plant stand or something like struggling all over again. This is a good reality check for me because after we talked with Gowry, I was like, oh, I'm so doing this. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to totally figure it all out. And I'm like, yeah, am I going to figure it all out though? <laughs> like, but, you know, I think this is a, we're giving you lots of things to think about. And Gowry, you know, shares her experience and gives tips during the interview. And, you know, one thing to also consider is like, what about digital grading and hacking? So Gowry does share what she does. You know, we all pack patterns and need to make adjustments sometimes. But, you know, how easy is it really to shorten a leg or grade between sizes, et cetera, et cetera. It's also possible with software and you can, you have a choice, I guess, of free options to add margins or move pieces around on your screen or your projection surface or fabric. And people sometimes use software to add large margins to the file so that all of their pieces can be moved around freely on the fabric or They might, quote unquote, stick A0 AO pages together so that you don't have to cut pieces in half. Because if you've ever sent an AO file to a copy shop, maybe the way that the pattern designer laid out the pattern means that like half the bodice is on one page and the other half is on the other page and you still have to cut them out and put them together. So if you're doing a projector file, you could potentially just copy paste those together (laughs) on the computer and not in real life. And Most projector patterns have no limit on sheet size, so they are wide and they have large margins and a grid. And the goal is really to be able to move the file around so that you can have it line up over your fabric. Or as you'll hear later, you can move your fabric around to fit the pieces, um, vice versa. And so, yeah, there's many ways that you can play with pattern pieces between a projector and your fabric. And you can use your projector for more than just sewing. You know, we like multi-use items here 
And you can use them to decorate cookies and cakes or make applique embellishments or even to project movies. Gowrie has some really great ideas as well uh, about how she has used her projector in other settings. So let's get into the interview. This week, we are welcoming Gowrie, who is at Bipari, B-Y-P-A-A-R-Y on Instagram, a ferocious maker who you might have heard back in season two on episode 19 when we talked all about saris. So welcome back, Gowrie. Hi, nice to be here. Thanks for joining us again. We ask our guests about their cultural background and if it influences their sewing process. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started sewing? I'm from Malaysia, currently living in New Zealand. I've been away from Malaysia for about 11 years now, I think. Um, I'm of Indian heritage, so Malaysian Indian. And I started sewing about nine years ago when I had my son. I wanted to make a bunting banner and they were too expensive to buy. And my auntie was like, oh, that's real easy to make. I'm going to show you how to do it. And since then, I've been like hooked and safe to say I've been sewing every day, I think. Can I ask if this was like a actual auntie you're related to or like a auntie, you know, friend? Actual auntie this time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And, and she was just like, yeah, you could sew a bunting banner, which if anyone doesn't know, it's those cute little like, I think they're mostly triangular banners. Yeah. Yeah. That you like hang up in a room. Yeah. So we are not talking about bunting banners today. We've been talking about projector sewing. So Gowry, how did you get into projector sewing and was it easy to learn? Like, did it take you a long time to figure out? (laughs) So um, I started seeing, I think it was in one of the Facebook groups. Um, I do follow this Australian sewing and inspiration Facebook group when I was living in Adelaide. And um, someone mentioned like it was just a one-off. It wasn't very popular because this was going back like three years. And someone mentioned about using a projector to sew. And immediately I was like, oh my goodness, I don't have to cut and tape uh, because I absolutely hate that. (laughs) And it takes away sewing time, you know. And then I kept looking into it and New Zealand, I don't know if you know, you hardly get stuff here. So everything's expensive if you get something. So when I checked a projector, it was like $700 or something. Yeah, like ridiculous. And I said, oh, I'm not going to spend that much money. I'll go back to cutting and pasting. And then um, my husband said, oh, why don't you check Amazon and we can try and get it shipped here or something. And so that's what we did. But before that, there was a projector for sewing group on Facebook that I joined and the lovely people there put together this file so you can actually like measure your ceiling to your table. Uh, A lot of people cut on the floor. Uh, I don't want to do that. And so you can measure all of that and see um, your room, how big is it, how small, how much you want to project. And then from then I sort of just thought, okay, everyone is getting this Viv image to Explorer. And I said, okay, that seems like one of the best ones to get. And at that point, it was the cheaper one as well. So I thought, we'll see with shipping and everything came up to about 200 New Zealand dollars, which is still quite a bit. But then it was cheaper than paying like 800 and 900 dollars for the other ones, you know. And then we, yeah, so I bought that in and it, it was, I was really surprised at how small it was because I was imagining the big clunky ones that you get in like, you know, <laughs> and stuff. I, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like this big and it comes with a little stand and everything. And one of my friends, 
she doesn't sew, she knits and things. She's in Dunedin and Heather, and Heather has a 3D printing machine. And she said, I will print out like the holder that you could drill up to the wall. Oh my gosh. She printed a mount for you? Yes, a mount. That's I'll, a good friend. <laughs> no, she, she's lovely. She's very sweet. Uh, I met her actually in Australia and uh, she was like, okay, I'll do it for you and I'll post it to you and let me know if it works. And it does. It's still up there. <laughs> it's still holding our projector up. <laughs> Hasn't come crashing down yet. No, it's amazing. Um, yeah. And then she printed it for me, sent it through and we just got someone to, someone was doing some work in the shed for us, um, putting up my aerial hoop. <laughs> And so he just like, oh, yeah, I could drill that in. And he came in and just drilled it up there and ta-da, <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> it's useful to understand the potential cost of the, yeah. of the projector. I think part of, I still cut and tape more than I probably, I probably could take that time for sewing. I, I don't mind it as much though sometimes. Like, I'm like, yeah, just cut and tape. But time is money, right? So if you're thinking about how much it costs to print, even at home, whatever that costs you and time versus, you know, buying and shipping things. And then like, it doesn't, you know, 200 doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. And it's, um, it's way cheaper in States. I think people bought it for 40, $50, especially when it's on sale and things like that. That We're not doing this now. Yeah. Now I'm like, (laughs) oh, And there's a few, there's eight men, bow maker. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but you know, there's quite a few. And then I think when they have sales and things like that, it's way cheaper in the States to get it than, you know, getting it here. I also got another one for kindy. So I own a kindergarten and on like rainy days and things when the children are inside, occasionally we have movie night or if we have pajama day. And so I bought one um, and I sent it to my cousin in San Jose. When she came to visit, she brought it down also like real tiny. And so I thought, oh, that can be my backup. (laughs) 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 But yeah, and that one was only like 80, no, not even, I think $70 or something like that because she brought it in for me. I didn't have to pay for the shipping. Yeah, so it's actually pretty, I don't know, I feel like it saves so much time because for me with the two kids and with the, you know, my business and studying as well at the moment, like there's, if I can cut my sewing time in half, like I'll do it. Um, yeah. Uh, so yesterday I spent, I cut out five things that I needed to sew and it only took me an hour and a half. So you only sew with the projector now? Yeah. Um, mostly unless I get patterns given to me, like, um, Minerva gave me some Vogue patterns and they also gave me the Zadie, which I absolutely love. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, okay, fine. I'll just, use this paper pattern <laughs> and then I mean it was worth it in the end but you know because then it saves you the trouble of like tracing it and and all of that stuff which takes so much time and by the end of it I'm like exhausted and then I don't want to sew on that day you know but with a projector I just cut into it and then I can immediately start sewing so unlike the rest of us who I'm like literally looking at my windowsill, which is my storage for patterns right now, you don't have a windowsill full of like binders of patterns or a drawer or like sleeves. Yeah, uh, no, I used to. I had these big, clunky, rectangular ones that go under the bed, you know, flat storage. Yeah. 
and uh, I had like filled with it and then all the there's a tall boy here with like drawers and all of it was filled with patterns and I just chucked the whole lot up. Wow. Because I was just like, I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm <laughs> done storing. Because every time, you know, the kids or my husband opens stuff and they're like, oh, there's a pattern here and a pattern like rolled up. And then sometimes like a genius, I write outside there. Like, for example, I had the Tessuti Claudia dress. But then when I roll it, it gets rolled inside and I have to open <laughs> the whole pattern again <laughs> to see what pattern it was. And sometimes it's two or three sheets and, you know, it's just, yeah. Like for me, I was just like, okay, that's it. And I'm all about decluttering. If I've not used anything in a year, two years, I just give them away. I hate like lugging things around. And I think that's because we move so much. I just feel like, yeah, it's not worth it to just keep lugging stuff around. Um, fabric's different. Fabric collecting is a hobby on its own. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, we all get it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like you're faster at sewing now. Like you've cut out yeah. a whole step of like printing the pattern, taping the pattern, cutting the pattern, or like yeah, getting the copy shop one and cutting it, or even getting a tissue one and cutting it. Yes. So it sounds like it's definitely faster. I guess my other question is like, has projector sewing changed what you sew and or do you think it's like changed how you approach your sewing practice? Yes. So when I buy a pattern, I'm always now looking for the projector file or even a layered A0 file. I just, as long as I can project it onto my fabric, that's all I care about at the moment. And I have actually approached pattern companies said hey look can you please layer your AO files it's you know easier and that's a huge factor of me now buying patterns as well I'm like "Mm, if your files are not layered a lot of them are amazing Uh, I don't know if you know of this company called Below the Ko-Fi and it's a Kiwi company she mostly makes for children's clothing her name is Sophie she's got a couple of adults clothing patterns as well but uh, I said oh look I really want to make this pinafore and you don't have a layered file. I can't, like, I'm blind, right? (laughs) I'm like, my eyes going wonky with the lines and stuff. So can you please, you know, get me a projector file? And she was like, oh, it's going to be a while. But she did it eventually. She's like, guess what? We've got a projector file for this. And most of them are great like that because they know, they know sewing's moving. Some just outright says, sorry, I can't. I don't know how to do it. I'm not doing it, which is fine. I guess it's not priority for them, but it just opens up a whole level of service. I suppose you, yeah, you're keeping up with the times and you're being a bit more creative with it. So definitely it's changed how I like buying my patterns or uh, which patent company I would want to support. So when you don't have a projector file and you only have the AO, how much different is it working with the AO versus the projector file? It is a little bit harder, especially if, for example, the AO has two or three files and half a skirt is on page one and the other half of the skirt is on page two. Right, yeah. But that's where I have to get a little bit creative. I'll look for maybe if it has logo or if it has a notch and then I sort of like pull the fabric to one side and then go on to the next page and start where the notch is again and place my fabric to match that notch and then continue. So it might not be 100% accurate, but, you know, if it's like a knit fabric, you'll get away with it. Um, yeah, things like that. And like shortening, 
the length as well, I kind of do exactly the same thing. Just say I need to shorten. I always need to shorten by four inches because I'm a little bit challenged that way. And <laughs> wait, and, how do you explain how you do that? Like you're just okay, so if there's a notch in the pattern, uh-huh. right? And then in the first part, so just say the first page, I sort of bring it to that notch. And then after that, I'll go on to the second page. Like you'll cut drag, every piece until yeah, that I'll notch. cut it into un, un, up till that notch. And then mm-hmm. when I go up till the second page, I sort of drag the fabric to meet at where it stopped basically. Yeah. And then continue cutting from there. Wait, but like if you're taking like four inches off pants, for example, yeah, how do you, do you just stop cutting four inches? Yeah. yeah. So no, I stop at that line where it says, you know, um, shot and oh, the, line, the adjustment there. line. Yeah. And then I'll take my ruler <laughs> go there and go like, okay, four inches. And then I'll drag my fabric to that four inches and then continue from there. Got so it. a little bit like annoying, but it, I mean, it does the job, which is fine, which still saves me time from like taping and tracing. <laughs> Can you do other hacks bes- or besides like a length and shorten adjustment? Yes. Yeah, so for example, if it's grading between two sizes, I'll give you an example. My son's waist, he's eight, but his waist is a size five. And his length is a size eight. So I can, if it's a layered file, I can pick five and eight and I cut the waist at the five and I can grade it. And then the length I keep, because it's just, you, you've only got those two lines and you can just take your rotary blade and just go, shh. if you don't trust yourself, then you can always draw on it and then cut it out. Uh, but yeah, because you can just see it. It's it's right there. You don't have to faff around with, you know, like, oh, the lines are too close or whatever. Yeah. So I feel like that really helps with, you know, trying to uh, like layered files. So even if it's a zero file, that's completely fine as long as it's layered. And that helps me with the grading and things. And especially with kids patterns, you don't, most of them are not in two separate pages as well, because it's quite small. They will fit into one a zero file yeah it's just the adult patterns that i'm a bit like oh please get me a projector file. <laughs> <laughs> two follow-ups i think one will be really short you just mentioned a rotary cutter so when you do this are you only using a rotary cutter or do you have you know fabric shears out still and when you i guess are doing this because normally like when i cut out paper pieces i'm that person that's like jigsawing it together to like if the pattern says that i need 2.4 meters i'm gonna do it in two you know grain line be damned (laughs) but i i gather that it it would be a little difficult to do that on a projector um not entirely actually i find it quite easy because i can just move fabric as the sort of like you know if i want it vertical or horizontal i can just move the fabric around and i actually find it easier because then i can move like those little spaces where you can fit maybe like a little sleeve i can just like move it closer to the cut line just to you know save fabric and it's worked amazing for me and yes a rotary blade 99% of the time unless it goes out of my self-healing mat and then I'll have to just like use the scissors and go around because I don't want to cut into my table which I've done a million times (laughs) yeah I just find the rotary cutter just so much easier because then you can just swoop around you know the when the pattern, especially when it's got curves, it's just easier to just swoop around the rotary cutter. 
So when you're moving the fabric like all over the table, do you find it difficult to like realign the fabric grain or, or at least anything like more difficult than using a regular pattern? Do you have any tips for, for keeping the grain line straight? So I feel with a projector file, so some of the projector files come and they will say, for example, if it's the bodice, right, it, there will be a line in the middle. It will let you choose if you want to cut on the fold or if you just want to open it out the whole bodice. That's incredible because if you've got florals and you've got, you know, you want to avoid yeah. the uh, two flowers on the nipple issue. Oh, I mean, I've done it. Or if you wanted to like, actually set it up to, like that. Exactly. Yeah. This gives you that like, oh, okay, I can actually, you know, because it's flat and it's open already, you don't have to. And it's great if you want to do pattern matching as well. Like if you want yeah. you know, the head of your lion and the body and bum of your lion to align or whatever, like you can actually get that done because you've got an option of the bodice and then you've got a line. So do you want to cut it on the fold? It's your, it's up to you. If you want to lay it flat, it's also up to you. And I love that option. So I feel like or, yeah, I tend to save more on my fabric as well doing that. Yeah. And that is really revolutionary to me as well, because something that I like to cut on the fold, but I know it's not always good. And last yeah. season we talked about uh, in our zero waste sewing episode, how like to save fabric, you yeah. cut on the flat. I'm like, I don't want to like draw the other half or deal with all that. So if I could just be like, click, and it's the whole thing. I think yeah. that is really amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Especially with pants as well, you know, at, because you've got the crotch and things like that. And you're like, oh, actually, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this on the fold or yeah, you want to be able to see it. Yeah. It's real helpful. And our producer also points out that it's super helpful if you want to cut on the bias, which I have not jumped into yet because I cannot get <laughs> everything like all together. Things shift. So like this sounds awesome. Yeah. And if you're scared, like, for example, uh, with the grain and, and, you know, with eyesight like mine, I'll just put a, put a pin through it so you know the pins at the grain. And then if I need to cut the bias tape or cut on the bias, I just, like, tilt it to the side. And I'm like, okay, sweet. I've got it. And then I cut. Yeah. So it's real, it's real easy because it's all there. You can just see it, you know. Um, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Do you end up? like marking your pattern pieces then and and like saying like this is the front bodice and this is the back bodice or do you just kind of go I just go but sometimes especially with I just made shorts for my daughter and I was like oh which is the back which is the front you know and I just like at the end of the crotch I'll just write b or f so it's not yeah and I'm like oh yeah it's and I'm gonna sew over it anyway so yeah so it does get sometimes a bit confusing but it's not like it's not hard yeah. I have a silly question and this will lead us into like a discussion about your setup. How dark does it have to be when you're cutting? <laughs> Cause I got oh, poor okay. eyesight as well. So I'm like, <laughs> when I think projector, I think dark room. Yeah, I do. Um, I have in my sewing room, we've got the blinds. So I do put the blinds down if I really absolutely must cut during the day and I'll just like, get the blinds down, um, which is also still a bit annoying if it's like a real bright sunny day. And because I'm, uh, it's my sewing rooms attached to the garage. And so it, it is darker in here anyway, but I try to do all my cutting at night 
because I like to do and I do batch cutting as well because I find it so much easier. I just get all my pattern, all my projector files lined up and I'll just cut one by one by one. And it's so nice to just click X and close all the ones I've done. <laughs> and so I do like four or five, like yesterday I spent, I was like, okay, I've got two and a half hours, but not enough time to sew. And I was like, I'm going to just cut. So I cut like five pens, took me an hour and a half to just cut up five patterns. An hour and a half? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I just and just put them in little piles. And then I can always, like this morning, I got up and in 15 minutes, like I made this leotard. Um, well, I still got one more band to go, but for my daughter, because she's doing, she's playing a turtle in Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, get a turtle costume right. I'm just going to sew you green leotard. <laughs> and we'll, we'll fix the, t- the shell later. Minor detail. but <laughs> The cleanup process sounds so wonderful. Just like hitting that little X because I, I laughed when you said that because there are definitely unfolded, unput away patterns right now. I know exactly where they are and they're just like hanging out. I'm sure my husband would appreciate if I could just go and it's like yeah. not on every yeah. everything every surface <laughs> yeah because it was helpful for me because my kids have a little space in my sewing room uh where they can do their art and my daughter's always making something and my son is into clay and ceramics and he's always doing something with his clay so they've got drawers where they can pull out stuff and put away and once i left paper pattern out and that became bra material after all that taping together she was like oh look <laughs> scrap paper and she drew all over it um this was before they knew not to touch my stuff <laughs> and I was thinking oh my goodness like all that effort and then I had to go and print it again and you know and now I'm just like yeah do whatever you want like don't touch my sewing machine <laughs> <laughs> I guess going back to in the beginning when you said about cost so I'm trying to like total it up so it sounds like a projector like almost any projector, you don't have to get the fanciest one will work for this. So it sounds like the range is like 50 to 200, maybe 300 US dollars convert to your local currency. If you're not in the US, I know that the exchange rate is wild right now. Uh, 50 to $200 for the projector. And then you're basically picking your future pattern purchases based on if there's a projector file or maybe an A0 available. And then what you need is a table a self-healing mat, and a rotary cutter, which if you've been sewing for long enough, you probably have one, two, or all three of those things (laughs) lying around. And yeah, are there any other costs besides that? I guess the mount, right? Like your mount came from a friend. Yeah. And the mount, you can get it on, I think I got it for $10 on Amazon for the second one. Um, When I bought it. Yeah. So it's not like, I think you can even get it from your like hardware store. It's not. Okay. Yeah. And if you uh, don't have someone already installing something on another ceiling, you yeah. either have to install it yourself or hire someone to do that. So like all yeah. in, we're talking anywhere from like 60 to 300 something US dollars. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Right. And you never have to print it or cut or you don't it have to buy paper or ink or toner and tape and again. Tape. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I print out of an office right now and, and there's like many jokes about that. And I know that's definitely changed, I think, over the last two years in terms of like folks not going into offices as much if they did, 
And so like, where do you print? How do you get your patterns? And I think that's changed a lot of at least like PDF pattern sewing behavior. Yes. And so I'd be curious to to see like, you know, if folks are going forward, not really going anywhere or don't want to pay for that printing and they kind of do the math, like how does doing the math for them on this episode kind of help out? Um, Our producer costs also wanted to point out that projectors have maintenance costs. So one day you might need a replacement bulb or you need to change the filter. And so those can add to the ongoing costs. Yeah. Which I think depends on what kind of projector you get and the quality and, and what you need there. But my guess is that the ongoing maintenance costs of a projector are probably comparable, if not cheaper, I would guess. We haven't done the research into this than like a projector. Okay. Yeah, I feel that maybe. Uh, And you're also saving on paper. You know, you're not like wasting that much paper. I mean, we all know how many, like some patterns have like 40 something pages. And I've seen it up to like 70. Yeah. So that's, you know, real ridiculous. And especially patterns, if you can't choose your sizes, some of them don't come layered anyway for you to print. You know, you're having to wade through that as well. And I feel like it's because like um, Nicole said, time is money, right? And if you're not spending all that time, you know, doing all these unnecessary things, you're going to. And uh, when I lived in Australia, I don't, I've never printed A0 files in New Zealand, but um, one page of black and white was $8. And so if like a pattern comes with three pages, <laughs> you're like, oh, is it really worth it now? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because on top of the pattern cost, that makes like the pattern essentially like 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. So even if you sew with, if you want to do a muslin before you cut into your really nice fabric, it's so much faster with the projector. You're not like, yeah. And then you're kind of like, okay, these are the adjustments I need to make. And yeah, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> We've gone over a lot of really great stuff. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into projector sewing and any tips for people who already sew with it? Yeah. So if some, uh, a lot of people have actually mentioned that they either live in a rental or they don't want to put holes in your ceiling and things like that. You've got those projectors that sit on the table as well, costs I think what one <laughs> it's portable you can move it around you can set it up uh especially if like you're living in a rental and you can't put any holes up there you can put it on the side of your table if you're cutting on the floor but it all depends on your ceiling to cutting surface uh, height so if you're on a table you know you need to measure your ceiling to the table or if you're cutting on the floor, which I will not advise, <laughs> ceiling to your floor ratio and things. And this is a file in the Projector for Sewing group. You have to read through that, but they address all your concerns, like every single thing. And there are also people on there who are like selling projectors. Either they get some, uh, I think this is in the States, so they get their projectors from schools. So they're not, some of them not used as much and things. And they, Uh, sort of like refurbish it fix it and things like that and then they're selling it for quite cheap as well so that's probably another option for people who live in the states yeah the resource that you were talking about in the projector for sewing group is that available anywhere outside of facebook i I just am not into facebook anymore i'm not entirely sure actually because i'm gonna get back in there for this yeah i was not really into facebook as well so i don't i'm not overly in it but um this yeah this group was definitely great 
But they do have a file in it if, um, I don't know, because you can download it and then not have to be in the group. But that group is great for like asking questions and people actually tell you, hey, there's a sale going on on a certain brand or projector if people want to get it, you know, and then that's really helpful because then everyone goes like, right, okay, Christmas, I'm going to get, you know, so-and-so. And it's quite cute. Lots of partners come on that as well to look for their partners who sew. And they're like, I have zero idea about sewing, but, you know, my partner sews. Do you think you could point me in the right direction and things like that? So, which is quite good. And there's also heaps of pictures of people set up, other people set up. So you can see, oh, okay, my sewing situation is really similar to this person. You know, I'll have a look at what they've put up and how they've set up. Yeah, so it's quite nice. It's quite like a community that's kind of like helping each other, you know, so better. <laughs> My husband is on Facebook regularly, so I might just like steer him yeah, in that direction. Because like, <laughs> he would be, group yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just check it out. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Gowrie, you also mentioned your kids before stealing one of your paper patterns and drawing on it. And I, while I do not have that as an immediate uh concern <laughs> i have volunteered to teach a friend's kids so you know it could it could be in the future if i let kids into my sewing space um and i know that you also you frequently share your love of sewing with your kids on your instagram we see them pop up on your stories and your feed and so have they tried projector sewing yeah my son definitely has he was real curious about it and he made so tada patterns it's an australian uh children pet, uh, clothing company and Lauren, she's got some, she's amazing. And she started projector files recently as well. And so she let me test all her new projector files, which is really sweet. And um, my son made the raglan tea. And then when my dad came down, because my, you know, I haven't seen my parents in three years. And he was like, oh, I want to make a t-shirt for, for my dad for his birthday. Yeah. And it was real cute. He actually cut the entire pattern out by himself. It's, I mean, it's like five pattern pieces. And yeah, he was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And he did it. Like he just, I was like, just be real careful with the rotary cutter. <laughs> I didn't want him slicing his finger. But yeah, he was really careful and he just went around and he was like, oh, this is nice, you know. And also because I suppose you can lay it flat with pen pieces. Sometimes your knit fabric can move under your pattern when you pin it and things like that. And this way you can like ensure the whole thing's flat. And I've got a massive cutting, cutting table, which is uh, actually a dining table. <laughs> <laughs> a six-seater dining table. So, oh <laughs> so all my son needed to do was just jump on a IKEA stool, the, those plastic stools, and yeah, and that gave him, you know, so he had a bit more space and things like that to cut. And yeah, he he absolutely loved it. And another one that we used for was he needed to trace a pattern onto something. He wanted to color in something, so I just got an image, like Google image, and he just could use that project on and draw out the picture and then he could go and color it. And so it's actually really useful for lots of things. Embroidery is another one. So below the cove, I had this embroidery pattern and I just needed to, oh, sorry, Twig and Tail. It's another New Zealand company. They had an embroidery patterns and I just wanted like a simple, the bee with some flowers. So I just put, uh, after I've cut up the bodice for my daughter's dress, I just put that and projected the pattern on it which is quite nice because then I can enlarge it if I want to or make it smaller if I want to as well. Wow. Yeah. Because the most important thing about projector files is it comes with a grid and it's either one inch by one inch or I think it's like 
two centimeters by two centimeters, depending on your cutting mat or your ruler, whatever you prefer to use. And then that's how you adjust your pattern. So you click on the grid and you make sure the grid measures up to like one inch by one inch. Uh, it's just like when you print, you know, they, has a, the, uh, they have a test square, exactly that. Um, so, but the beauty of it is like with files, like embroidery files and things, you can just go like, oh, actually this is too small. And then I can just enlarge it. Oh, look, it fits into this bodice really nicely. Yes, it's amazing. And you don't even have to do the math for that? No, no, I hate math. Like math is my best <laughs> subject. <laughs> so if something can do the thinking for me, <laughs> I will outsource it. <laughs> I had no idea how much math was involved in sewing until I started to sew. I'm like, can I have to work in eighths because I've got this system that I work in? And yeah. Yeah, so it's great. All of this sounds really awesome. And I say this a lot. Listeners know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. This sounds like I might actually do it. <laughs> I think there's so many pros. There are cons, of course, but uh, I'm definitely intrigued and really grateful that you came to share your experience and wisdom with us today. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Let's close out with uh, reminding our listeners, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at bypari. That's B-Y-P-A-A-R-Y. Love it. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Asian Sewist Collective Podcast. If you like our show, please consider supporting us on Coffee by becoming a one-time or monthly supporter or by buying our stickers and sewing labels. That's right. We have merch. Buy the labels. They are hilarious. Your financial support helps us with overhead expenses and will allow us to give back to our all-volunteer team who work so hard to provide you with new content each week. The link to our coffee page is ko-fi.com slash Asian Sewist Collective, and you can find the link in our show notes, on our website, and on our Instagram account. Check us out on Instagram at Asian Sewist Collective. That's one word, Asian Sewist Collective. And you can also help us out by spreading the word and telling your friends. We would appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of the links and resources mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes on our website. That's AsianSewistCollective.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us with your questions, comments, or even voice messages if you want to be featured on future episodes at AsianSewistCollective at gmail.com. This episode was brought to you by your co-hosts, Ada Chen and Nicole Angeline. This episode was researched by Serena Granger, produced by Kosoma Kernem, and edited by Clarissa Volando and Henry Wong. Thank you so much to the other members of our collective who made this week's episode a reality. This is the Asian Sewist Collective podcast, and we'll see you next week.